Hi, I'm Chanel, agency owner, marketing coach, speaker, and your official human sunshine. I've been in marketing since 2009 and have run a successful strategy and content marketing agency since 2018. Jaded by my corporate life, I quit my job to travel the world and start my own business. I've learned so much in my business journey and I want to share it with you. The Sunshine Podcast for Women in Business offers marketing advice for industry professionals and inspiring stories for women netting life and business. If you love the podcast, please subscribe and share with someone who would enjoy it too. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy your daily dose of sunshine. Hello, hello, and welcome to the episode, which is titled Social Media and AI. And I've got a very special deal today. I've got a two-for-one deal because I'm actually interviewing two lovely ladies, Krishla and Clem. Welcome, welcome, ladies. I am going to give you your formal introduction. So here we go. Krishla is the owner of Shall We Social? She's an Instagram and content marketing coach, and she's your personal cheerleader that helps you turn followers into fans and fans into paying customers. Ka-ching. Then we've got Clem, who's the owner of Honeybee Social, a social media strategy agency. Her about section doesn't actually say very much about her business, but it does have some very fun and hilarious personal facts about her. For example, her full name is 29 Letters Long. Her favorite TV show is Parks and Rec, which is also one of my favorite TV shows. And she believes that mushrooms and loogies no, mushrooms, mushrooms are, are loogies of the earth and oysters are loogies of the sea, which I 100% agree on. So, Krishna, mushrooms. Well, I'm going to be the mushroom advocate then, okay? Because I love them. I love mushrooms too. I get what you're saying. They can get a bit snotty, um, but I'm vegetarian and they're a great source of protein. So I'm uh, pro- I- mushrooms. You you might you might want to convert to being a meat eater or not be a vegetarian uh, after I tell you this. There's been like scientific studies I think that have shown that no, the reason why <laughs> oh I'm I'm going down there I'm going down there <laughs> the reason why we really like mushrooms and almost use it as a meat replacement is because the texture is almost like flesh. Yes, that makes sense. That's why people right. like. That's why vegetarians like mushrooms because just because we yeah. don't like the, but, oh, sorry, we don't want to eat meat. The texture we get the texture but, of meat without, but not the, just flesh, like booger flesh, human flesh. No human flesh. <laughs> oh, speaking of human flesh, I watched mm. a, a, a Spanish thriller last night called Platform on Netflix. Oh yes, it's yeah. good, isn't it? Oh my god, I, I now had the most mental dreams that night. I'm, I'm I shouldn't watch those sorts of movies because I have very bizarre dreams which we won't go into. But that could my dreams could be a podcast in itself. Um, mm. I like how we've already got into cannibalism within like the <laughs> yes. first couple of minutes. <laughs> hey, we've got twenty minutes, you know. Let's let's get this show. On the let's road. get the show on let's the road. Straight to the flesh. For for listeners who haven't um, heard this this podcast before, um, I try and keep them down to twenty minutes because everybody's super super busy. So um, all of my guests are put under super tight pressure. But we we hope that we haven't wasted the first you know fifteen seconds of your time talking about cannibalism, which is a very fun topic. But let's hand over to the ladies. So who wants to go first to tell us a little bit about yourself Krishna, Clem, any mini money mo Clem you go first all right well I am the woman of mystery apparently since I don't have a I don't have a full comprehensive about page or anything but um yeah my name's Clem I'm the owner of Honeybee Social and I 
help my clients um, systemize their socials and grow without the ick factor. So not using those sleazy tactics to grow their communities online, um, but then also, you know, learn how to embrace your digital marketing by using systems and processes that work around your lifestyle, which I think just from that sentence shows why Krishna and I are, are decided to co-host a podcast together. Um, how I started, I, I started just like a lot of people, I kind of fell into it um, and loved digital marketing so much about 10 years ago that I just decided to make it my career. And a few years back, it was, you know, being in the corporate space, some people just realize that that is just not for them. And I saw also, though, there was a bit of a gap in the market where there wasn't there wasn't that professional that was between an agency level and between someone who's on freelancer.com that's just there to be that consultant for them at a, an affordable price tag for small business owners, but still has that caliber of knowledge that an agency can have. And um, yeah, that's how Honeybee Social came around. And, you know lockdown happened, TikTok happened, and I've morphed into being that TikTok lover um, and then evolved from there into repurposing and systemizing social media and the rest is history, really. And actually, TikTok is where I met Krishla, too. Which is amazing. And I met Krishla through Instagram and I met you through Krishla. So we've all Mm. met on these platforms, which goes to show how powerful they are at not only getting you in front of people, but also getting you in front of people that you actually connect with, Um, which is one thing that businesses should really take away about the benefit of being on social media. I want to definitely circle back to the, you mentioned sleazy tactics and also using systems and processes to embrace your social, which I think is something that our listeners would really benefit from. But before we get to that, Krishla. Hi. Um, well, you. my story, my story is boring. I need like a cooler story, really. But um, I first began in social media. We're coming up to oh, nearly 14 years I've been doing social media. So I wrote my first social media strategy before Instagram even existed, which, wow. you know, I'm a dinosaur, right? <laughs> um But I used to work for a not-for-profit and it was a very small team. And in small teams, you get to just do whatever you like. So I was the events manager there, heading up a team, you know, who organized professional development conferences and things like that. And I went for my own professional development to a session where they were speaking about social media. And so I came back and went to the CEO and said, "Uh, I think we need social media (laughs) for our organization. I'll do it. And he said, okay, write a strategy uh, with our marketing person and you can do it. So we had no idea. Like when I look back at that, because I still have a copy of it, it's so cringe. It is so cringe. And I started out making all the mistakes that small business owners make by getting on there, broadcasting, selling, you know, doing all of those things because we didn't understand the platforms. Obviously, they were some of them were new. We didn't know how to use them. And so after nearly 14 years, I feel like I've evolved to the point where I'm now able to use social media strategically. And that's something that I help my clients and my students do. So I do one-to-one coaching 
And I also have um, some online Instagram and content marketing courses and coaching programs. And so really, I'm like Claire, really anti the sleazy bro marketing because yuck, those cold DMs that you get or like Shein tagging you in their stories. Yuck. Definitely not about that, right? So it's about finding ways to market your business that aren't horrible, don't have that ick factor. Um, but also that are easy to actually do, that are stress-free and dare I even say enjoyable. That is the aim. I'm on a mission to make Instagram in particular, but other platforms too, but just to make the process fun for business owners. It doesn't need to be this big, horrible burden to talk about Mm-mm. you know, your business and the things that you love to do. So that's a little bit about me. Um, yeah, and I'm it. a mum to two two little two little boys. Um, and so again, I'm as time poor as the rest of the people probably listening now. So totally get that. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. You've already said some some very interesting and valuable things that I'd like to circle back to at the end of the episode. So if you guys are listening to this, I want to ask Krishler and Clem about the sleazy tactics that you should avoid. I want to talk to Kim a little bit about using systems and processes to embrace the digital marketing flow. And then I also want to talk to Krishla about some of the biggest mistakes she sees people make on social. So if you want to hear the answers to those, stick around to the end of the episode. But let's get into the main title of the episode, which is social media and AI. (laughs) I don't even know where to start with this topic, to be perfectly honest. Um, I do think that maybe I should start by saying I have had a play with ChatGPT. But I haven't played with it as much as I probably should, considering I'm a content marketing agency, because I really should make sure that I know what we're up against. What I have done is run a couple of tests to produce an article written by us and an article written by the um, the robot to see which is actually better. And we've been testing that. And um, mm. for the most part, ours have been better. Um, but what I'd love to know from from you guys is, have you had a play with with any sort of AI tools? If so, what tools? And what have been some of the learnings or the discoveries that you found from using these AI tools? And how do you think it's going to change social media? So just it's a bit of an open-ended question, but have you had a play and what have you found? What have you learned? I, mm. I think we spent like almost maybe 45 minutes just this morning talking about how we have been using ChatGBT and what and what our findings have been. Um, I guess, th- I mean, the title of this podcast is Social Media and AI, but w- let's get the elephant out of the room. We're going to be talking about ChatGBT a lot yeah. because there is a lot of hype around ChatGBT and then all the other AI platforms are really circling around it at the same time. Um, but let's emphasize that no one is an expert on it. Mm. Nobody. Mm. And like when we interviewed Dennis Yu, one of the biggest key points as well that he emphasized and that we are just like, yes, you know, say it louder for the people in the back. AI is a tool. Mm. It is not a crutch. Mm. It is not. Yes, it will make your life easier, but it is not there to do the work for you. And like Dennis said, the most powerful computer, you already own it. You didn't have to pay for it. It's between your ears. Use it. <laughs> I love that. Brilliant. I know. I loved it when he said love that. I nearly, just, I, I nearly just went and just said, you're such a dad, Dennis. But 
it's such an it's such a dad or parent thing to say but those are the key points there's a lot of hype around ai and and yes we we do use it and i'm i'm using it a lot more heavily than i was even like two weeks ago um but yeah i mean what are your thoughts krishla i mean do you think it's it's just going to take over or word of caution like what do you think oh i've got a lot of thoughts i've got a lot of thoughts on this um <laughs> yes there's yes i have been using chat gpt and um more recently chat gpt previously for a few years i've actually been using copy.ai which is a copywriting tool as the name suggests and it works very much in the same way but it is predominantly focused on you know producing copy helping you to refine the copy that you already have helping you to plan out blog posts and map you know, our structures for um, sales pages, like you name it, right? You can do a lot in there. So that's really exciting. I've been teaching that inside my course for the last few years. This is like copy.ai on steroids, right? Mm -hmm. um, and look, I think it's a fantastic tool. And as Clem said, it is a tool, yeah? Um, we shouldn't be reliant on these things because one problem I think, with ChatGPT and these other AI tools, and there's a few players in the game at the moment who are all kind of vying for the top spot. Um, you know, we've got um, Google with Bard and we've got a few other ones as well. It's what you put into it determines the outcome. And if you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to get caught out. Yeah. And you're going to get caught out in a few ways. So number one, what, you know, chat GPT puts out and we've, you would have seen videos, I'm sure Chanel um, on TikTok of students being caught out for plagiarizing their essays. Yeah. yeah. Because you can, you can run the, the content through tools that check this. Likewise, your SEO can be impacted. So if you are mm -hmm. getting um, AI to completely write a blog post for you and you pop it on your, on your website um, and you haven't made any refinements to it, you've just copied and pasted, it's going to be ranked a lot lower in terms of your search engine optimization and the indexing that, that Google does. So, you know, you can't just let it do the work for you. You need to be able to feed it, perhaps with your own content, to speak to it in an intelligent way, and then to actually... Um, refine those results. So sometimes um, something I've noticed is you'll ask it to write something, but it's not quite right what it comes mm, out with. 100%. It doesn't have that same lived experience that you have, um, you know, and there's some things like I got it to, to write some stuff that I knew the answers to just to kind of test it. And it was talking about um, IGTV. IGTV doesn't exist anymore. And we know obviously mm. ChatGPT, for example, has been fed the internet and books and everything up until September 2021. So it doesn't have that latest information. So if you don't know the latest strategies for your niche or your business and you're just relying on that, you, you could be putting misinformation out there. So yeah, I think it's it's a great tool, but you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that businesses already had this responsibility, but now that they've got this tool, they've got even more responsibility to make sure they're using the tool properly and not abusing it because you can't, like, I don't want to be part of the problem filling the internet with absolute shit content. 
that's you know inaccurate or that's badly written or that's not created from lived experience and brands really need to make sure that they take that responsibility seriously and that they also understand that Google is pretty fucking smart and it realizes when it's a robot written article versus a human written article especially because of the authority and credibility that either is or isn't in that article like for example the how google ranks pages with the the eat what is it expertise authority and trust so it now looks to see all right who's the author of this article and then verifies whether that author is a real person and if it's if they can't link it back to a real person then it automatically loses its authority ranking so um mm. you know for those of you who are like just friggin' going nuts with chat gpt take take a moment great for ideas great for stru structuring content great for refining your copy copy but when it comes to actually creating content that adds value that doesn't sound you know that isn't inaccurate or or you know doesn't add any value just don't do it I'm, we don't I'm, need more crap content we don't right? need There's more enough content. crap content we don't need so, more of it so on your point chanel and also on your point um Krishla, about taking a piece of content that Google or ChatGPT, sorry, takes, spits it out, and you just paste it to just do Google rankings. This this is going to show how nerdy I am. Google has dropped mobile-friendly page speed and a few other factors in terms of their rankings. They've dropped them. Like, your your website is not based on those rankings anymore very much. What does that make you think they're going to really pay attention to? eventually. Now, ChatGPT is not regulated. There's there's no real regulation on it. It is the wild west of AI. It also does not use the internet actively. It does not go on to the internet to find pieces of information like a search query on Google does. So, when you think of this factor as well as Google with those rankings and such, when you're taking the garbage that you've put into ChatGBT and taking the rehashed garbage that it is taken and that is given you, and you are posting said garbage onto the internet, you are not only setting yourself up for future AI to take your garbage and spit it out to somebody else, but you also have the chance of having the same garbage as someone else because mm -hmm. ChatGPT is not actively using the internet. It's taking your query and answering it at face value. So if you are not careful with what you ask it to do or how you proofread or tweak it afterward, you could very much be saying the exact same thing as someone else is saying that has already posted on the internet. And you're just, you're you're creating a shit bad cycle recycling. pretty much. It's, it's mm. recycling, but bad, but bad recycling. Very that's, badly. That's yeah, no, that's no good for the internet. No good for your for your brand. Yeah, yeah. So th think future term if you're going to be using this kind of this AI stuff. Yes, it's not currently actively using the internet. It's a matter of time before it does. Google is trying to regulate it, and they will eventually regulate it to some point. But if you're taking that garbage and you're posting more garbage, you're only feeding more garbage to whatever machine. And from that point of view, you know, I'm a very, I'm a very ethical individual, guys. Um, and I, it doesn't sit right with me to contribute towards that problem. And when ChatGPT mm. came out, I also had to go, 
well, how does this impact my team? Because I know that there are some organizations granted not as large as me. I can't remember the one that I'm, but they sacked like 15 of their employee employees and replaced them with, with chat GPT. Uh, that doesn't sit right for me at all. I know that my copywriter Kate writes better stuff than what chat GPT can. And ethically, I don't feel quite comfortable using, abusing chat GPT or I would never, ever consider replacing a member of staff. Um, I mean, we know that a human needs to obviously input and edit the information, although we know that, but I know some businesses who are just using it and taking it exactly as it is. So if you're one of those mm. businesses, don't, don't do yeah. it. So, so as reference to anyone with the data that it's using and has been fed to it is only accurate up to September, 2021. So if you were using it, like some people are paying 150 bucks for a brand strategy prompt package. So someone's written out the prompt for you to put into chat GBT and um, you're using that to create your strategy, your competitor analysis, blah, blah, blah. Your information's already inaccurate. Mm. It, it doesn't have anything past September, 2021. I don't think people so, know this information. Like, I feel like everyone's like, like just gets is, so taken by this machine, but there's like, there's not this, this, you've said some things that even us, us marketers and content creators ruin everything because we don't, we don't emphasize the fine print. Open mm -hmm. AI is very, very adamant about saying that this information is up to September, 2021. Even mm -hmm. ChatGPT will tell you with certain prompts, it'll say, do take this with a grain of salt. Double check what I've given you. Yeah. Business the other thing is there's, no, there's mm -hmm. no safeguards around um, copyright issues yeah. as well. And um, we interviewed Dennis Yu, um, for those listening, if you're, not familiar with him he's like the tech guy uh, behind huge brands um and just yeah. he's really into this this is his thing um he's the dollar a day ad strategy guy and has spent over a billion dollars on ads um so he's really into systems and tools and things like this right and testing and learning and all of this and he's been fortunate enough to be allowed to play with some of these tools before they become available to the public so he was talking to us about issues around copyright and they found something like uh clean remind me was it 20 percent or more was 20 20 million pieces of data sorry 20 million not percent mm -hmm. yeah pieces of data were copyright infringements of what it was pulling out so and we know there are penalties for for copyright infringement online mm -hmm. so it's you know there's it's there's a lot that could be um a lot of risk mm -hmm. you could be taking on as a business owner if you are literally copying and pasting um samsung engineers got in trouble too the other day i don't know if you saw this article chanel um so as we were saying before one thing that of course you can do with chat gpt is you can feed it information and so they got busted for sharing proprietary code with chat gpt uh -oh. um, so they put their code into chat gpt to see if it could write better code or tweak it or what it would suggest. But now that code is in there, available for ChatGPT to possibly use for other software developers, for their competitors, mm. possibly as well. So there's, it's, yes, it's a big gray area of gray areas, yeah, essentially. It's a, it's a minefield. 
I just feel safe in knowing that whatever I've produced is mine and it does take a bit longer, but rather that than, you know, all of those risks and downsides that you're mentioning. Now, I know. Now, there are some good things. Do you feel like <laughs> really just I, I was gonna say, let's switch, the negatives? Let's switch, yeah. switch, switch, switch lanes. Um yeah, let, let's switch lanes. So positives. We've spoken about some of the negatives. Um, but let's talk about some of the positives of Chat GPT. Clem, Krishla, who'd like to go first? Uh, I'll go, I guess. Um, yeah, so one of the things with AI and, you know, in general, it's it, they're designed to save you time. It's their tools designed to make those little mundane things easier. So with ChatGPT in the way that, you know, um, I guess would be the, not necessarily the proper way, but the positive way of using it so that you don't like just post garbage um is really using it as that tool and not that crutch but to help you think and brainstorm you know all make it like your sounding board in a way versus create the things for me so that I don't have to do anything but sit there and you know earn a passive income type thing mm. So, um, you know, for, for me in particular, I, I find it to be fantastic to rewrite, um, social media captions, or even like, I will put a thought down and I look at it and I'm like, Clem, you're psycho babbling all over again. And I'll put it into <laughs> chat GPT and ask it to, to make it easier to read. And then I will proofread from there, but I'll even use it as a proofreader. There's, I, I find that say like Grammarly and Google Docs only go so far, but ChatGPT helps me rewrite it so that it flows better. It reads a lot more easily so that I could even then use say blog posts, for example, as scripts or something like that. So again, as a tool to help you instead of create the garbage for you. But Krishla, how do you use it? So I really like feeding it content that I already have and asking it to either help help me with the process of reforming, reformatting or repurposing that content or to help me with things like creating uh, catchy or SEO optimized titles or headings or things like that. So say you've got a blog post that you've written, you know how sometimes it's really hard to think of the title that summarizes mm what the blog is about so you can take mm. that blog post you can give it to chat gpt and you can say all right give me five like catchy seo optimized titles for this blog post and then it'll give you a few and i find i often end up combining a couple of them together mm. to get exactly what i want um and we know it's important with blog posts that your header one text, your title is optimized for SEO. Um, so I think that's a really great way to use it to make sure that you're including the keywords or the search terms or things like that. And of course, as we know, we've only got up until September 2021. So it's probably not going to be perfect. And again, that's why maybe you want to tweak it a little bit. But at least gives you a starting point to write that title if you're just sitting there going, I can't get the words out. I'm not quite sure how to say it. Um, so I think that's one really great way of using it. Likewise, if you've got some longer form content, and we just recorded a podcast on repurposing, actually, so this is really fresh in my mind, taking some of that content, whether that be a written blog post, whether that be a transcript 
from a YouTube video or I did a coaching call the other day that I have done with my students. So again, it's my words, my thoughts, um, my personality coming through, taking that written transcript, giving it to ChatGPT and then saying, okay, can you summarize this into key points that I could use in an Instagram carousel post? Or can you write some, you know, five short uh, 30 second um, scripts for talking head Instagram reels or TikTok videos. And so it's taking your content, it's repurposing it. And then from that point, I'm not just taking that as is and posting it. I'll then say, take those video scripts and I'll present them to camera. So then I'm adding another layer of me to that content. So my voice, I might rephrase the way it's written a few things, my personality, I might throw in my own story or example or what have you. And I think that's that's really, I think, the best tip I would give for using this tool is add yourself into what the output is. So your own stories, lived experience, client wins, you know, all of that stuff. Even if you're taking written text, pop in like your favorite emojis or things things that you would normally say um, when you write your own content. Oh, sorry. I, I was unmuting myself and then I, I opened up a completely different tab. Um, I think that that's really good advice. And that's sort of, if I were to use chat GPT, probably the only way that I would. When it, when it comes to social media, we all know that people love the like sort of vulnerable, personal, lived experience type of content. Like there was a time where we were putting these tips that we thought were really valuable that people would love and they would bomb every single time. And then I would put up something about how I had a terrible experience at one of my old jobs or about my tattoo or something that was really, really personal. Um, and especially on platforms like LinkedIn, that would do really, really well. So I've struggled to see how the chat GPT side of things fits nicely into the social media caption realm because the personal social media captions seem to do so much better. So what would your recommendations be in terms of where you should and shouldn't use chat GPT or any AI tool for your captions? Like, would you recommend maybe doing the more practical tips through chat GPT and then adding a little bit of you, but then still making sure that you're writing fresh captions that are just from you, from your own personal perspective? There's mm, such an the, interesting oh, question. Sorry, sorry, Krishna. It's an interesting question that you've asked, Chanel, because we we were discussing it actually. I think when, this morning before we recorded our episode. Remember what I was saying about the the TikTok videos that we have posted on the Mad Marketing Moms, and there's a few of them. One of them is is of you actually, Chanel, and they've done really well. well of course compared... they have, Clem. <laughs> of course they have. Well, there's the bare chested, <laughs> bearded man that shows up in the background. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I hadn't uh, waxed my moustache that day, so it was, it was a very hairy show indeed. Um, there's there's three in the in this series, and because you know, because I, I handle the TikTok and um, Krishna handles the Instagram, and we we talk about how they've they've done you know every week, you know, when we we meet up, and these three have done incredibly well. And I was like, yeah, look at look at the number of views and stuff. They've gotten some decent saves and, and everything, and. I looked at Krishna and I'm like, the captions were, were written on ChatGBT and tweaked. So what, what you can do when it comes to those personal experiences, if you 
want, and I'm I'm going to eventually I'm going to make an assumption that you've done these personal experiences, say on a social media caption or a video, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Use ChatGPT to rewrite them in a way that you're not going to lose your tone of voice. You keep the target audience, but because there's more than one way to say something, like my French teacher always said, like if you can't figure out how to say it this way there's always another way that you can structure the sentence to say the same meaning it helps mm-hmm. you do that use it that way and then use it from there to tweak your answers but um what i have found is that even with say the personal experiences or the tips that we have put in those videos they have done very well because they have kept the user in mind because we've been specific about what we wanted to keep within those captions as it rewrites yeah that's good advice so it is possible to keep a bit of you in there as long as you're giving it those yeah. you know clear instructions yeah. and setting those you, parameters of what you do and don't want and you, then it you gotta learns. exactly you gotta think that that ai is not it's not a person it doesn't have baggage mm. it is a blank slate it has no opinion about anything and it's just going to do what it's told but you have to specify what it is I, I don't know if you guys know the 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 children's book Amelia Bedelia. No. No. Okay. She takes, she's a maid who takes things literally. So for example, her the owner of the house, the master of the house says, draw the drapes. And Amelia Bedelia reminds me of AI because we would know it as drawing the drapes of pulling the curtain. Whereas she's like, ah draw them so she goes and actually draws them or like run the bath or run the bath she might go and run in in the bathtub they she takes things literally at face value Mm. and that's what that's what ai does so you have to be specific in what you want it to to create Mm. um but that's what i would recommend say with your personal captions is taking taking the captions that have worked put them in there and see what it can come up with and just make sure that that main idea is still there and tweak it to make it sound like you because there's more ways than just one to skin a cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, back to, we're back to cannibalisms. You I saying, know, right? Krista, were you saying yuck because you don't like cats or because you don't no, like cats being skinning skin? them? I love cats. She hates it when I say there's more ways to skin a cat. So I just had to put it in there. I hate. <laughs> I, I hate pick your brain. I think that's pretty gross. Ooh, it's um, so visceral. Yeah. Like a side ugh. side story about picking your brain. Um. You know, in Hannibal Lecter, where there is the scene with the brain where he's eating Ray Liotta's brain? Yeah. I used to clean that house in uni. Oh. The, the house that that scene is filmed in is right next door to the uni that I went to. And I would go and clean that house because it was it was like an, an Airbnb like 20 years ago. That's like a fun. That's a, that's a fun and creep, creepy fact. I yeah. should put that on my about page. <laughs> you should put that on your about page. Um. Mm. So I want to, unless you guys have got any other, you know, insights or advice around the use of AI and the overlap with AI and social media, I'd love to circle back to a couple of things that we started off the episode with. Is there anything else that you guys think our listeners might want to know when it comes to AI and social media? I've got one thing, and this was something we were having a chat about offline earlier, and that is about prompts and prompting and we've spoken about it in a roundabout way in this interview because a prompt is basically you just saying to chat gpt or ai tools whatever you're you're using 
what you want. But there are a few things that can definitely help. And there are some people are very for, some people are against using prompts. And I don't know if you've tried these yourself, Chanel. Um, no. But a few ways, you know, I think they are they are a really great starting point. And essentially a prompt is just some instructions or context that you give AI to help it to generate what you want, to steer it in the right direction. Um, and Amy from Damn Right, um, she's actually put out a free guide on ChatGPT and it has some really great examples of prompting. So I highly recommend you go and check her out and, and grab a copy of that guide um, because, you know, I found that helpful as well. And again, as a starting place, you don't have to use these formally constructed prompts and by all means please don't go out and buy some random bro marketer of the internet buy a list of prompts you know a thousand prompts for restaurant owners or whatever you don't need that um, you can chat to chat gpt or these other tools like a person just have a bit mm. of a conversation but as a starting point for that initial output I would say that it can be quite helpful. And Amy recommends the following. She recommends providing it with context, constraints, and specificity to kind of get the best first draft, if you will. And from there, you can dig deeper and, uh, you know, fact check it, obviously, refine those answers and, and dig in a little bit deeper to the parts that you like and get rid of the parts that you don't like if the answer is, you know, something a bit more long form. Um, but I'll, I'll happy to break those down um, if you'd like. So in terms of context, it's really providing that background information. So, and some people do this by assigning a role. So pretend you are an Instagram coach, you know, um, and your clients are XYZ, they're business owners based in Australia, they have service-based businesses, and they struggle with these things. And of course, as with any content marketing it comes back to knowing your audience and to knowing them really well, to understanding their wants, needs, and struggles. If you have all of that information, you can actually give that to ChatGPT. So pretend that you are this person, or you can just say, look, I'm, a, I'm an Instagram coach, for example, and this is my audience. So providing that kind of background information, and I'm trying to create a sales page, or I'm trying to improve my current sales page for my course to get more conversions. So provide that context, kind of what you really want to get out of the conversation. The next part is constraints. So say you only work with people in Australia or you're a bricks and mortar business and you only service a certain location. Giving it those parameters or those constraints is obviously really important to getting the outcome that you want. And then finally, being really specific about what that outcome looks like. So you might give it a blog post or a transcript and say, okay, you know, I want um, you to create um, 10 SEO optimized um, titles for this piece of content. And I want you to, you know, produce these in American English. I want them to um, 
be humorous in tone and I want you to um, put these into a table format or something along those lines. Um, and so the more specific you can be, the more context and background information, just think about it as like background info, right? And if there are any constraints or filters that you kind of want to put on your content, providing all of those together is going to help you get a decent initial result. And again, that's then when you can come in and use your own um, super powerful AI tool between your ears um, to fact check it, to go, is this actually going to be relevant for my audience? Is this same, same information that we've heard before? Because I don't know about you, Clem, but I've found sometimes the output's a little bit generic or a bit bland in yep. terms of what you get. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it, Having those those tools or that those prompts to start with, I think, gives you a really good initial outcome that you can then, you know, add to from there. I mean, it's the same Another as like when you brief a human, right? The, out the output's only going to be as good as the brief that you put in. That's why we are so like pedantic about getting proper briefs from our clients for what they want, when they need it, what they don't want, what tone of voice they want, what words to include and not include, where do we get the information from? So um, same same principle that a lot of businesses still don't do. So mm -hmm. whether you're briefing a robot or briefing a human, make sure that you follow those, you know, those guidelines anyway. Yeah. Another way that you can, I guess, prompt ChatGPT is you tell them what your end game is, what your goal is. And then the last thing that you type out is what do you need to do this task or whatever? It'll actually tell you what it needs. In, in in a numbered list. And once you give those answers to that numbered list, it will do what you know you want to achieve, whatever the goal is. So say, for example, social media caption, you know, and you you say, um, say for example, was same with like uh Krishla's example of uh the bricks and mortar business, and you've specified that you're within a location and stuff and go, um, yeah, I need to create social media captions for this topic. What do you need? And it'll give you that list. And once you've given it that list, and I've I've done it this way, and I found I I would probably say that I've I've done the least amount of tweaking and proofreading, doing it in that manner than um than other ways. It's all about playing with the tool. It's it's all about finding that sweet spot and which way works best for you. So definitely try and do it with Amy um, from Dan Wright's, uh, Dan, Dan, fuck me, Dan Wright. <laughs> Amy, Damn right. Amy, I am so sorry for mispronouncing Dan Wright. I'm just thinking about the chicken sandwich that I'm going to make for lunch, you know, whenever that's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely try it with the prompting examples that Amy has then even try it different ways. But just remember the more broad you go, the the more broad and the more garbage there might be within it and more generic it's going to be. It's the exact yeah. same way as when you're searching on Google. Yeah. The more specific you get, the more specific the the, query, the results are. 100%. Um, mm. All right, ladies, I want to circle back to what we started off with. So um, I've got, kind of got three questions just to round us off. So um, Krishla, you spoke about 
Well, actually, it might have been it might have been Clem. Either way, you can both answer this question. You mentioned some sleazy <laughs> tactics and bro bro marketing. Talk us. Oh, through. we can both answer it. Yeah, please please do. What is bro marketing? Because I actually haven't heard of it, but I think I know what it is. Um, and also, what are the kind of sleazy tactics that people should be avoiding? Because I know that social media, especially Instagram, is flooded with them. So talk us through what it is and what what it looks like, so that people can avoid doing it. I think bro marketers, and you can probably picture them and what their accounts maybe look like, they're probably wearing a flat <laughs> brimmed hat yeah, big in a lot of their watch. videos. And it's like, 10x yourselves in three minutes a day. And, you know, all yeah. of these really outlandish claims. And it feels very scammy. It's kind of got that vibe about it, right? Mm -hmm. And they're very prescriptive about the way things have to be done. Follow my formula, do X, Y, Z, and this will work. And it's just not realistic for a lot of people, you know, to say, okay, post 10 videos a day. Gary V, I think, teeters on the edge of bro marketing. He fortunately mm -hmm. seems like a normal, nice human and comes across that way. And that keeps him just from falling over the edge. But it's saying, okay, post 10 times a day. Yeah, cool. That's fine if you've got a video team following you around, producing all of your content. But if you are a solopreneur working from home, you've got little kids, that's not going to work. And that's, I just, I get the ick from these. Um, mm. And this idea that there's only one way to market your business or one way to do things. Yeah. Uh, is that how you'd um, describe it, Clem? Yeah, I'd say it's marketing that plays on people's vulnerability big time, which look, obviously we we want to highlight the the problems and pain points that someone has to attract them as a client. But it's a, it's a big but, you don't play on their desperation. Mm -hmm. You don't play on their vulnerability. Now, what I mean by that is like for example what Krishla said, you know, grow your following 10x in just 3 minutes a day, blah blah blah. They're playing on the vulnerability that people are vain and that they they think everybody every small business owner that I know that is not seasoned with social or is not familiar with social thinks that followers are everything and that's going to get them the sale. They play mm -hmm. on that that idea. The other one where they're playing with vulnerability is when you get those messages that go oh, you deserve so many more followers than you actually have. Or, yeah. Yeah. you know, you, you, might, you might be on a discovery call with somebody or on a chat with another marketer and you tell them you're only getting one to two leads a month through a channel. That's fine for you. They might not know that. And they just go, you could be doing so much better. That, that's a bro marketing tactic. You're mm. playing on, the, on a person's vulnerability without any idea about what goes on in the background yeah and that's the yeah. problem with those tactics is they're playing on the that the laziness and the desperation they know that people don't want to put in the work but they also know that they really really want ten thousand followers in three minutes yeah and it amazes me that they do so well because whenever i see i think oh god that is cringe and i could think of nothing worse than working with that person but it seems to mm. It yeah, seems to I, work in the short term. Um, but like you say, the main thing is that it's not like when you see those things saying you, uh, this, use this audio and your video will go viral or, you know, you follow my program and you'll get this or you'll get that. 
it can't be true because every business is different, every product is different, every service is different, every audience is different. There's too many variables and there's no mm. one size fits all. Like there has to be a level of customization. So if you're someone who yeah. does that that, that that appeals to you, try and avoid it because I think you'll just be shooting yourself in the foot. And you know you know what is so funny? Like we we see these running rampant on TikTok and Instagram and these creators that are doing this. And you, Chanel, you and I are, we like LinkedIn. Like, yeah, we relatively enjoy it. It's, 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 it's a nice platform to be on. I, I kind of consider it like a cruise down the canal. It's just, it's chill. <laughs> it is. Usually. It's nice. <laughs> Every single one of those creators that use that bro marketing strategy and I see them on LinkedIn are not doing well. Mm-hmm. Because Which, yeah, maybe it's. Right. Maybe it's just my audience that we're a bit older, but we're looking at it and be like, honey, you, you, you don't, you haven't really actually gone through the ringer of trying to operate a business and have a family and do all this other stuff outside of, you know, work. Um, you know, you can see it just fall onto deaf ears. So it's, yeah, you, you, it's, it's playing on that vulnerability and that laziness and going, you have to like, this is the be all and end all solution. But then also the annoying part is, is when they follow up as well. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Hey, have you, have you had time to look at that? And you're like, I'm on holidays. I told you I was, and that I would look at it when I'm ready. And then they keep going and going and going. Or they like going. emotionally blackmail you. Like when you go on yeah. someone's and they offer you a lead magnet and you, and you, it's either, yes, I'd love to grow my business or no, I don't want to grow my business. I hate my family. And like, it's like, yeah. emotion, you have to, you, you, they force you to click the button. You don't want to click by emotionally blackmailing you. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's hustle yeah, yeah. culture, right? Pure yeah. and simple hustle culture. And it's very ableist. And I don't say that um, from a, a disability standpoint although definitely there as well but it's kind of this yes if you're a 25 year old dude who has no responsibilities no one to worry about you can work 24 hours a day on your business great you can post 10 times a day you can do this you can do that but it's just not the reality for a lot of people and for people who actually are running a business and don't want to spend all day marketing it's Mm. you know that's all they're doing where's the rest and so mm. yeah anyway yeah. I think we get the point right they're yuck we don't like them yeah and we don't yeah, like yeah. them the the cold dms right they're as bad as the cold emails from the seo specialists oh <laughs> or the threatening ones like I got today with um somebody kind of basically saying I'm going to use your email address to fish so fishing oh PH. that guy um, unless you pay me a bounty, a reward. Many businesses have rewarded me for pointing this out to them. And I'm like, I'm going to just report you. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, Krishla, do do an Instagram reel on this guy. He deserves <laughs> to get the ick factor all over him. Like, No, I might get my account shut down again. You know, oh, um, God, naming and shaming cool. is one thing that can shut down your Instagram account. So don't do that. Okay, we'll but, do it um, on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> hire, hire a billboard. Um, yeah, there's more. There's more ways to skin a cat, Chris. <laughs> Stop with the cat skinning. <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh, I don't like cats. They're my ick. But I said that already. Anyway, we won't go on. We, we won't go there. But um, so guys, we've got we've got six minutes. I'd like to know if you could pick one of the biggest mistakes that people make on social media. What would be? What would it be? I know there's a lot of mistakes people can make, but if you could pick one each, what would they be? 
overthinking overthinking it mm. it's seriously oh I need to do a reel I need to make sure my hair and makeup's okay oh what if I don't edit it right oh I need the right sound this 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 excuses 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 mm. just Screw do it, it. Just, just post it. the yeah. thing it's only social media mm. no one is you know you're not a you're not a surgeon <laughs> doing heart open heart surgery right mm. if you make a mistake on social media you can always delete it. Yeah. And I mean that in terms of it not being perfect, not in terms of you getting on and, you know, spouting hate speech. Yes, that would be a mistake that you should be overthinking. Um, Just get on there and do it. Don't worry about how you look. Don't worry about feeling uncomfortable for a couple of moments if what you are sharing, the value you are sharing is going to help your audience or is going to attract that next client or customer you know, yes, your first videos are going to be absolute crap. That's just life. That's how Mm. it is. You have have to to be willing to suck, right, at the start in order to get better. I look back at my old videos and stuff. They're terrible. And probably I'm really hoping even in a year's time, I'll look back at what I do now and I'll be cringing because that means I've made progress. You're not looking back and cringing. You're doing it wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm, It's a good one. It's a good one. Mine is... um. It's not called a social media network for nothing. So what so many business owners seem to forget is they'll go and post on social and then they'll they'll ghost. They post and ghost. Mm, mm. They don't go they and hang out on the channel. Mm. Go and hang out in the comments. You might find more content ideas. Um, but what I, I guess, all right. What I'm trying to say is when I say a social media network is not just called that for shits and giggles. You have to be sociable on it. And you also have to post media. You have to network on that yeah. channel. It is, uh, And people do forget that. In our social media packages, we include community engagement for that exact mm. reason. You can't yeah. just post and ghost. You've got to yeah. imagine going into a room full of people and saying, just saying something to them and then walking away. <laughs> Like yeah. at a network. Well, having, someone, uh, having someone ask you a question and then you just blank. Them. And then you just leave. Yeah. yeah. If people, treat, yeah, people exactly. treated social media the way that they, like if people behaved on social media the way they, yeah, you know what I mean. That's a fun TikTok. I know what you mean. Yeah, most, <laughs> most people look at it as as just like a platform that you can post photos, et cetera. But no, it's, it's little parties at each TikTok that you've created or each Instagram post that you've created and the parties in that comments or the parties in the feed. And you wouldn't believe the number of connections that you can make out of it or the number of potential referrals or leads or even new eyeballs you get on it because you've made a comment. It's a funny, witty joke or something to someone. They're going to go and look at your profile. They might start following you from there. You know, you might actually get a referral from them, you know, eventually. I mean, you might start a podcast together. Exactly. exactly yeah yeah no that's that's a good one I love that one and I, I hope that people start doing that because and you know then they complain when it doesn't work when they're just posting you do you've yeah. got to build your it's building and your community there there's no excuse not to you know the best time to do it is it's gonna sound terrible when you're on the toilet because you're oh, sitting mate, there you're stuck all, and you don't have time. anything else to do but yeah push I guess but you know <laughs> push, push and tap push po- tap push buttons, post tap yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm so productive on the toilet because I, I, I like. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm so productive. The stuff that goes. Remind yeah. me never to use either of your phones. Like, 
Um, you guys are amazing. I feel like I could talk to you all day and I'd love to get you on for another episode. But if you guys could just close off with letting people know how they can get in touch with you, um, how they can work with you, your social handles, etc. All right. So, well, I guess you can get in touch with both of us via the Mad Marketing Mums. So we have a website, madmarketingmums.com. We are also, surprise, surprise, on Instagram and TikTok at Mad Marketing Mums. So I think that's probably the easiest way to talk to both of us at once. Um, and if you want to work with us, we've actually just launched a new mini audit service. So that's providing TikTok and or Instagram mini audits where we're both looking at your accounts. If you only have an Instagram account, we'll just spend more time on that. If you have both, then we'll do both. But we'll be reviewing your content, your account itself and the setup and providing suggestions to optimize um, your content, um, new content ideas for you, looking at your hashtags, your videos, all of that good stuff. Um, and so you can find out more about that at the Mad Marketing Mums website as well. Amazing. You guys have been an absolute treat. I adore you both. You're hilarious. And please let's drink wine together soon. Yes, absolutely. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Have a good day. Thank okay. you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sunshine Podcast for Women in Business. If you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also share this episode with a biz bestie who needs to hear it. 